and I was growing more ill. Muscle spasms, followed by a deep-seated ache in my joints, and a vertigo that left my vision dulled. The instant I touched the vial, my hand clenched with a sharp tremor, and the small container slid from my fingers and shattered on the floor. Blast, I said, hugging my quaking hand to my chest. This was how the fits always began. As flickering shadows from my lamp threw beast-like shapes on the roof, I cleaned the broken glass and then unwrapped the butcher's package and smoothed down the edges. The smell of meat filled the air, iron-like, only just beginning to rot. My head started to spin from the odour. I lifted one of the pancreases. The organ was the size of my fist, a light fleshy colour, shriveled into deep wrinkles. The cow must have been killed yesterday, maybe the day before. Its death might mean my life. I'd been born with a spinal deformity that would have been fatal if my father hadn't been London's most gifted surgeon. He'd corrected my spine, though the operation resulted in a scar down the length of my back and several missing organs that he'd been able to substitute, in his desperation, with those of a fawn. My body had never quite accepted the foreign tissue, resulting in the tremors, dizziness, and need for daily injections. I wasn't certain why the serum was failing now. Perhaps I was becoming immune, or the raw ingredients had altered, or perhaps now that I was growing from child to woman, my body's composition was changing too. I'd outgrown his serum, just as I had my childish respect for him. His serum had only ever been temporary anyway, lasting a day or two at most. Now I was determined to create something even better, a permanent cure. The pancreas's puckered flesh yielded under my scalpel-sharpened blade, separating like butter. It required but three simple incisions, one down the length, one to expose the glycogen sac, another to slice the sac free and extract it. I slid over the tray clinking with glass vials, along with the crushed herbs I'd already mixed with powders from the chemists. This work had a way of absorbing me, and I scarcely realized how the afternoon was passing, or how cold the air seeping through the window was growing. At last I finished this latest batch of serum, and waited impatiently to see if the various ingredients would hold. In order to be effective, the disparate parts would need to maintain cohesion for at least a full minute. I waited, and yet... After only ten seconds, the serum split apart, like a bloated eel left too long in the sun. Blast! It had failed, just like all the times before. Frustrated, I pushed my chair back and paced in front of the twisted rose bushes. How much longer could I go on like this, getting worse without a cure? A few more months? Weeks? A log cracked in the wood stove, sending hot light licking at the stove's iron door. The flames flickered like those of another fire long ago.
my last night on the island. I'd been desperate then, too. Montgomery stood on the dock, the laboratory where he'd helped father with his gruesome work blazing behind him. Waves lapped at the dinghy I crouched in, waiting for him to join me. We'd sail to London, put the island behind us, start a new life together. And yet, Montgomery remained on the dock, let go of the rope, and pushed me out to sea. But we belong together, I had said. I belong with the island, he had replied. A church bell rang outside, six chimes, and a glance at the window told me night had settled quickly. I was late again, reliving memories I'd sooner forget. I grabbed my coat and threw open the door, dashing down.